Welcome to Gaming Trend Reboot. This week, I need to take up my notes. Uh, this week, several gaming trend writers are here to discuss their impressions of Mass Effect Andromeda, and we also discuss some of the controversies surrounding it. Uh, we also discuss Telltale Games, Outlast 2, and more Zelda Breath of the Wild. We're so glad you're here this week with us, so let's boot up. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Gaming Trend Reboot Podcast, here for episode 84. I am Mike Pierce, one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by my co-host, Joseph DeClara. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. It's a wonderful week. I've been playing a lot of video games, and I'm excited to, to you, talk about so optimism and energy. I mean, you called me out on my, uh, on my more blasé uh, demeanor last week. And I want I? I I to turn this the ship around, man. Last week. No, not last week. The last time I saw you, last time we spoke, and then Josh totally uh, uh, one-upped me and was like all ecstatic. He was super fine, and I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna get fired. I'm not ex- enthusiastic enough." So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it back. That's that's my. You're bringing the this. optimism. Good for yes. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other person who's bringing the optimism this was that's uh, with us this week is Mr. Hunter Wolf. Hunter. Hi guys, up, and uh, I'm pretty good. And I want to point out that Joe made a Mass Effect pun when he said he wants to turn this ship around. <laughs> no, no, I did not. No. Good job, Jesus Joe. Christ, Hunter, you like okay? We yeah, man. Hunter always with the puns. Good God. Um, and we are also joined uh, by our resident Super Mass Effect enthusiast, Mr. Kenneth Shepard. How you doing, Ken? I'm good. <laughs> That's okay. the first time I haven't said that I'm not dead in a yeah, while. Yeah, I know, I know. Right on, right on. We, we, cannot, we can neither confirm nor deny that Kenneth is not dead. Yeah. It's uh, no, no statement yet. You may or may not actually be living at the moment. And uh, last but not least, we've got a new voice on the podcast today and a new voice and a new writer at Gaming Trend. Welcome, uh, Noah McGuire. How you doing, Noah? Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing great. Uh, really excited to be on. Really excited to um, you know talk about a game that I have never played and have no emotional connection to. <laughs> Real excited. And how long? Just real quick. How long have you been with Gaming Trend for? It's only a couple weeks. Uh, right? Only only a couple weeks now. Yeah. And how? Yeah, what's what do you think so far? Uh, I'm I'm really excited to to be a part. Um, I mean. I, it's it's hard trying to juggle that with um with a full load of classes and and work as well. But um, getting up at eight a.m. <laughs> getting up at eight a.m. You know, like a responsible member of society. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I hear school is like a lot of a lot of busy work. You know, no like just sitting around and not applying yourself in any way. But like it just takes up sucks up your time in a way. So it's what I hear at least. Yeah, and they're like professors who like grade you on stuff. What oh, is this? No, dude, ratings are what is this, over- like school or something. Yeah, man, we ratings don't are overrated. Ratings, is that what right? ratings overrated. You guys have it so numbers hard. doesn't make sense. So, jumping right into the news this week, um, there's a there's an interesting story that is developing just uh, just recently, as of us recording this podcast. So, on last week's podcast, 
which I was not on, but Mr. Joseph DeClara stepped in and hosted. Um, they mentioned that Outlast 2 was basically banned by Australia, by those crooks down under. And just recently, it's been announced that it has now been unbanned. So, Joe, why don't you... Uh, why don't, why don't you tell us about what you guys, like, what you discussed last week, and uh, and take it from there. Yeah, so, uh, admittedly, last week I was not uh, the authoritative figure to be speaking to about uh, this Outlast 2. Uh, but here you are a whole week but later. Here and I am a whole week later, and now I know everything about it, yeah, of course. Yep, yeah. No, no, I'm a learned man now. No, so, uh, last week, uh, it, Kotaku UK reported that... Uh, Outlast 2 was going to be was not receiving classification in Australia and that um, essentially means that it's and functionally it is banned uh, because if a game does not get a classified rating uh, as in like R plus 18 plus which is the highest rating well highest meaning like uh, the most offensive rating we'll say uh, or the highest uh, age gate rating if you don't get classified and you don't get a rating on your game, then your game is, it's illegal to sell your game. Uh, so it was essentially banned. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but part of the reason people were pissed about that is because Australia does have this, like you just mentioned, this 18 plus classification. And the part of the reason that people thought it was banned was because of sexual violence uh, and, and some of these other bad things that, that happen in the game, but those totally fall within what most people would consider to be an 18 plus rating. So weren't, wasn't part of the reason that people were pissed is because the rating covers exactly the reason that they said it wasn't getting a rating. So and therefore, the, it was banned, and so everyone was just kind of like, well, what the hell? Why, so, why, yeah, why so are you not I, getting I a rating and just letting us buy it? Yeah, I wouldn't speak too much about like what people uh, uh, people's reactions were, although that that is essentially what I've seen in like comments or what have you, and uh, yeah, I, I assume that's what it covers, uh, uh, sexual violence. But uh, the sexual violence, uh, which is the terminology used uh, in the statement uh, regarding the declassification or unclassification, I don't know how you want to call it, but uh, yeah, was the fact that there was this sexually violent scene. So if, uh, I guess this is minor spoilers because it's regarding a scene in the game, but uh, a game that's not even out yet, Outlast 2, but uh, the game is, uh, well, is it out? I, I don't actually know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Outlast 2, in this, the game, uh, there is this ritualistic orgy that ensues uh and it's very graphic and it is very violent the way that they described it uh i personally don't have like a weak stomach or anything i can uh stomach some pretty horrendous shit but just reading it i was like oh god this is like brutal but um, yeah I've, it looks yes. like a lot <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot to to swallow uh if you pardon me so there's uh wow it's definitely oh rough. my god uh, dude so, the puns man. in here are terrible no no actual whole... reference nothing Radical. actually happens no wow. no actual reference to anything <laughs> wow. so anyway there, uh so <laughs> so anyway uh essentially the game got banned because it didn't get a class receive classification uh uh, which was followed by a large upset because you know Australia often uh, has a large amount of uh, 
gamers who are very upset that they are always getting not shit on. I don't want to say that, but they're always getting the shit end of the stick of uh, a lot of video game issues. Like uh, stuff is a lot more expensive there just because of uh, shipping laws. And uh, I think trade deficits have to do with it or something. Anyway, uh, bef- before I continue to just guess to me on trade, why trade these deficits. things are like this, I'll just uh, now Outlast 2 has been classified. It received the 18 plus rating. Uh, so they kind of backtracked on it. They just decided, all right, it's uh, it's fine, and we've changed our minds. And uh, they didn't. There's nothing being altered in the game. It's still gonna ship in Australia the same exact way, uh, with uh, the same scene in it. Uh, there was no word on any alterations being made. Uh, the board, the classification board, just changed their minds, uh, which is odd and not concerning but uh just what could have possibly happened besides uh i guess them backpedaling and backing down to the uh backlash of people getting upset about a game uh being banned in their country uh so i wouldn't know why you would decide to do this as the classification board i don't know what uh motive or what um incentive they have to back to backpedal on their uh under decision, but that's what they did, uh, as it would appear. So I I want to get I just want to go go around and see what everyone what everybody thinks about this. I just want to get your guys' opinion on this. Like, do you think uh, do you think the initial decision was the correct decision, just not selling it at all, or do you think that there is an eighteen plus uh, classification specifically for things like this, and it should be it should be sold as long as someone meets that that rating. So. Uh, Noah, you're you're brand new. Why don't you start out? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not seeing the scene in question, but um, hearing the description, I mean, it sounds it does sound really graphic, and it sounds like I I can understand the concern and why you'd maybe not want to uh classify the game, I guess, if that's what it is there. Um, but that's why it, it sounds like that's exactly it sounds like that's right. That's exactly why you have that 18 plus classification. At the end of the day. I feel like giving people the option to choose and like giving them the ability to like make their own decision based on what they've heard and seen of the game is I think probably the more prudent decision with regards to classifying it. I think that's, that's probably better than just cutting off access entirely. Right. Right. Ken, what do you think? Where do you stand on this issue? Uh, about the same place. Um, I mean, I'm, I have more of a weak stomach when it comes to stuff, although I don't, Unless, like, it gets violent in, like, a more literal sense, I don't really know what's, like, that concerning about an orgy. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, don't... It's, like, a weird roundabout way of censorship, and, like... Every, like, everything should have, like, the right to go as far into any direction of any potentially awful shit that they want, in my opinion. I just, uh... I mean, I'm not gonna play Outlast, but I think that there should... I don't think that there should ever be, um... You know, blocks against people who want to play that, to right. be able to play that. Hunter. Yeah. So, tell me about a little bit more about the Australian classification system. Is eighteen plus like their rated M? Sure. It well, it's even higher than that. Uh, we have. Yeah, it's uh, higher I forget what than comes. In, yeah, I forget what. Uh, it's weird saying higher. Like I said it before, it sounds like oh, this is the top of the line graphic stuff. You know, no, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. essentially. 
It, it the, is, the yeah. equivalent that I keep drawing in my head, whether it's right or wrong, is a movie one. And I don't actually even know if we have this rating anymore. But The, the, X, uh, and, the X rating? And, well, I was actually going to say NC-17. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you remember yeah. that. I don't even know if that exists anymore. And Hunter, yeah. I'm sure, if you don't know about I Am the Walrus, you've probably never heard of NC-17 before. Nah. But I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. The two aren't connected at all. Sorry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> As in yeah, the I think song? it's just like super super uh really hardcore violent graphic probably nudity all sorts of you know like the the highest the worst rating you can give a video game in terms of graphic content i think is basically what this is the highest offense of the scene uh they said that it's not limited to the reasons behind uh the classification the lack of classification or the refusal to classify the game uh it, it was not limited to this one scene uh, in their statement, they say that at least, but, uh, the, for that specific scene, it's the fact that it's violent sex, right? That it's like in, essentially rape that is, uh, occurring in the scene mm-hmm. and, uh, which is awful. Right. And, uh, that's why I, I was like, you know, just reading it semi offended. I'm just like, ah, oh, why would I want to play this? But, uh, you know, there's also some funny language in it. Like, uh, you know, reading, uh, ESRB, uh, ratings like transcripts are always funny because it's kind of like sounds like they're shaking the fingers like they say fuck 17 times in this game or give it an r like give it an m and uh it's here they use some interesting language they say that there's a lot of characters have implicitly having sex there's a lot of implicit sex happening in this scene mm-hmm. and it's just funny that it is the fact that it's sexual violence but it seems like the it's more vague you know the character's vision is blurred or something or other so it's not uh outright uh in your face uh although they are it's pretty clear there was another pun in there i'm sure somewhere right Uh, yeah no not in that that face comment i think no 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 not at all yeah so mike to your first question do i agree with their initial decision no because i don't think that this um this depiction was particularly egregious enough to warrant them banning it completely but um i also do think that there is a point where it is okay to ban a game do you guys remember that game man it made a splash like a year or two ago called hatred yeah and you you literally just play as a serial killer and the goal is to kill as many people as possible before getting gunned down um and it wasn't made um with the intent of um, of social commentary or trying to um, make people aware of uh, of this kind of perspective. It was just like a kill people and have fun while you do it kind of game. That was very clearly the intent. And well, I think games like that, maybe censorship. <laughs> I, I see. I see your point there, but at least as far as your example goes, there's a whole lot of other games where. Yeah, you may not be a serial killer like in official title, but that's exactly what you are. Like Hitman, like, for example. I mean, okay, true. you're a paid assassin, but so what? There's no social commentary going on there. You're yeah. a contract killer, and that's it. You go around murdering people right and left. Like, oh, someone spots you as you're trying to steal a piece of clothing? Well, that's a witness. Better snap their neck. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, fair. yeah, there's tons of games think, where you know they they make no uh, social commentary or no uh, you know no diplomatic statement 
on right. uh, the feelings of their games or the the message of their games, but they're conveying a message regardless, right? Like fucking Uncharted, uh, Nathan Drake just in cold blood murders tons of people, but with no due uh no due process he's just killing everyone uh he's assuming that they're all pirates yeah right right uh, true but the fact of the matter is he's like like it is just the joke of like uncharted that they're killing everyone i love uncharted it's one of my favorite games but uh you know he's just (laughs) killing everyone but and it's hilarious uh and then like division like you're you are sent on this mission to just go out and kill people in hoodies and if they look semi-suspicious uh, because the game is telling you, you are ordered to gun them down without any due process. And that's kind of just what games are about nowadays. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, the, uh, the, going back to censorship, you know, I am a proponent for never censoring uh, in such a way that uh, you are banning a game or banning art outright uh, from your the public to consume in any for right. you know and I'm, like, i i absolutely think that uh once you uh start that trend and uh you form that snowball it will continue to snowball until uh you know you're banning things uh right. via alter- ulterior and motives and uh that's and kind it's of a dangerous, where i'm at yeah because i agree with i know exactly hunter i'm not trying to tell you that like i'm not shooting down what you said at all don't, don't get me wrong. I agree with you in principle and concept 100%. The idea that, like, I, I mean, I get it. I get the, the point of what the hell uh, gratuitous violence or, 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 like, sexual violence or whatever. Yeah, we. I mean, maybe we don't need that shit. But at the same time, I'm with Joe in that uh, once, you, once you start drawing that distinction, then then you've got to start drawing it all over the place and then lines get really blurry and really weird and it's really open to interpretation based on probably just a group of people who are in some government organization making these ratings or decisions to ban or not to ban or whatever and then then you just open a whole nother can of worms and and so it just gets weird so i'm i'm with joe in that we shouldn't censor and it should be personal responsibility as to whether you can stomach something or not, or as to whether mm. you want to consume something or not, or whether you agree with it or not. But sure. in concept and principle, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, and I wish it was easier to draw that distinction, but I think unfortunately it's just not. Mm. Is that, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Did you, you were trying to, we've just, gone on for five minutes and you never even got to say what the hell you wanted to say so go ahead and finish yeah no that was the that was the gist of it i i also agree that in just about any case i err on the side of not censor not censoring i'm i'm a trained like journalist and did had like did art for a year and that's something that they talk about a lot um and and it's how democracy works as well but but um yeah i I don't think that the uh, Australian ratings board was fair in its its initial ban of of the game. I don't think that the whole game is about it's not about you know sexual violence, and it seems like it's kind of like a one off occurrence. I I don't know, kind of silly. I agree. I mean, and and like I said, you know, you ban this, then what else do you have to ban? Because yeah. I mean, I can I can think of a ton of other games that would probably be declassified for the same reasons that this one was yeah so i mean maybe there's not like some 
rape orgy going on, but you know, Jesus, GTA. I mean, that kind of like, sounds like what's up, happening there. Yeah. yeah you, I mean, you yeah. can pick up a prostitute and then and have sex with her and then take her out of the car, beat the shit out of her, kill her, and get your money back. God, like, I I hate I that. Mean, that's always the res- the the uh, yeah, that the is the example that, that we is use. The yeah. thing, but I'm sorry, it's it's a it's a it's a pertinent argument when we're talking yeah, about is. this. And yeah. and you can, I mean, we can go further than that. Like, there's plenty of other examples, but. Um, I don't know. Unless anyone else has anything to say, we're uh, I think we're 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 going to be on this for a while. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that we, uh, you know, it's often uh, the often the scenario is uh, Americans are, or you know people from the states are it's talking on a podcast who are passionate about video games or passionate about any uh, art medium are going to say we're against censorship because we enjoy the benefit of not having censorship or not having very strong censorship in this country. And I, I um, am proud of this country for that, but uh, because I was raised in this country, I'm more likely to be supportive of that. Whereas Mm -hmm. maybe someone in Australia, most people uh, from what we can gather, you know, just from the either vocal minority or majority going on comments in, uh, you know, Kotaku UK or uh, whatever, uh, outlets covering this are saying no this is bad some people might think this is a good thing and because from where they're at it's it makes more sense to me censorship makes no sense uh and it is um and it's always subjective uh it's based on a lot of people's feelings right. and a lot of people's motives moreover um and it's uh well, and it's kind dangerous. of disrespectful and condescending too i think because it's someone it's someone else Deciding what you, you are allowed right, to what consume. You, exactly. right? Like, Taking what are they concerned right is going to... It, it's right. always this it's, weird thing, like, what are you going to... Cons- you're concerned there's... Like, this is going to... The uh, rating... Like, the the rate of violent sex orgies is going to just skyrocket through the roof argument. when this happens? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Right, and that's the mm. thing, I think, that bothers me about it, is like, no, I can... I'm an adult. I can make those decisions myself. Thank you yeah. very much. I don't need... Uh, you know, a group of 10 or 20 or five or whatever people somewhere in some boardroom making a decision about what I can and can't consume. I mean, if on, on that, though, I mean, you that's great for you and me. And I'm not saying that I'm not advocating for young children to play Outlast 2. Uh, don't give me that, yeah, that's what I mean, a rating system is for. And we know that happens. But like and, you know, I mean, the fault on that usually falls on the parents for allowing them to to play the game. That's obviously rated well above their age demographic but i mean things like that happen so i mean yeah but i agree that's why we have the rating system we just right. need people to be more conscientious and actively using the rating system especially when it comes with with regards to their children because, that's what it's yeah. there for yeah right i mean but people are people are going to be people so i right. don't know but i would agree All right, with so just Unless you guys have anything else to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because I'm pretty sure we could probably talk about this for the rest of the night. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was like a like an exciting no uh, no, 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 this no for the rest no, of the no, night. No, like or... it is it is a vast My... concept, and you also get into the the idea of should the should is the government the you could also talk about like private companies being the ones responsible for banning games as opposed to like the government putting the agency on 
Microsoft and and Sony and stuff, do they want to distribute these kinds of games? Like that's a whole yeah, like that's that's the thing we have. Talking about is just so vast. Yeah, we have this scenario where they they backpedaled on it. We kind of we kind of got away from that, and I don't want to keep opening it up. But like there was the fact is they backpedaled on this classification issue, and it's like what the fuck happened there, man? What what goes into this? Uh, It's something we don't know about, and something certainly I don't know about. So. Uh, I'll leave that to the more learned minds to discuss. So moving on to our second news story of the day, we're going to talk about the uh, Telltale CEO stepping down. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start out by saying I'm I'm not a Telltale gamer. I haven't actually played any of their games. Um, I know. Ken, you were singing the praises of the Tales of the Borderlands series. Yep. Yeah, it's the best thing Telltale's ever done. And I, agree. I And I prefer it's it the best over one. Sorry. actual Borderlands. Tell me why I want because I am a huge Borderlands fan. I'm genuinely interested. I want to know. Well, okay, let's go back <laughs> to 2015 when I was still like properly writing writing for Game and Trend, like a person that I was actually like, you know, working here regularly. Um, I was writing the news piece about the launch of it, and I said to Ron, the editor in chief, um, "Is anybody reviewing this?" Just because I wanted to link it back in the news piece, and he was like, "No." Do you want to? And I was like. Uh, apparently I do because that conversation just happened and the thing is I didn't really like, I played the first Borderlands like a little bit and then I got frustrated with like the first boss and just never picked it up again and then so I had Tales of the Borderlands which is more my more my suite anyway because I'm not huge on the uh, loot shooters I guess and it's like it's the funniest thing that I've ever experienced of Telltale and it's like, at the time, I'd only played The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us from them, and those were both kind of dreary in their own way. Mm. And it was, it was like, really refreshing to play a game that was humorous in that style. And it also, it was my first experience with a lot of characters, like Handsome Jack. That's, that, that is the character the time that I associate with Handsome Jack more so than anything in Borderlands 2, or the pre-sequel, for that matter. Um, and then I eventually went and played the Handsome Collection because it came out around the same time. And, uh, yeah, if you like Borderlands and Point of Adventures, I guess that's worth bringing up yeah play chess and borderlands it's the best thing that tells has ever done and probably ever will do yeah i might have to check mm. that yeah. out if you haven't um. played borderlands you should check out Telltale. So i didn't play through all of it and it's just because you know <laughs> my time i you know i i dropped it i wish i hadn't i i have it on steam i'll play it again one it's day in my life probably yeah yeah like no i have it i have the whole season but like i just never got through it but i mean i loved it i loved it. like i played the first two two probably episodes and it was the funniest game I played. Although I played South Park later and that is probably just as funny. Uh, and it is, yeah, if you don't like Borderlands, you should still play it. Cause it's just, it yeah. stands on its own it is a, it's probably telltales. It could be telltales best work. I happen to love uh, walking dead season one. I thought that Ugh. was a, uh, it was definitely one of my, uh, uh, one of my favorite, uh, narrative narrative experiences in video games uh it was it was up and down it was still when i mean they've always been telltale their games have always been rough around the edges and that was certainly a case uh there was a lot of issues like saves being lost and if your save is lost in a telltale game it's like well 
everything's lost because it's mm-hmm. all about your decisions right. and your uh, your experience through uh, playing through it. But I mean, uh, by the this, end of it, I was I was it. totally fully attached to these characters. They won't they they so, won't remember that. Before we yeah. get any further in, into talking about the Telltale games, which I do want to do, um, yeah. let me just read uh, one of the quotes here that um, Kevin Bruner put out as as he was leaving. So he said, quote, Today I'm writing to let you know that I'll be stepping away from my position as CEO of Telltale. We've grown aggressively since Telltale's inception, and now Telltale is bigger than I ever dreamed it would be. There are many possible futures for Telltale, and all of them are exciting and uniquely challenging. The time has come to pass the reins to someone that can better drive Telltale to the next level and realize all the potential that is here. And that next next person happens to be uh, the co-founder of Telltale, Dan Connors, who has previously been CEO, and he is now stepping back into the role. So, um, yeah. Well, oh, that, that got an interesting uh, reaction from everyone. Let's explore Well, for that one, I think he is only taking over. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a temporary position. Uh, he was no. just the first pe- person to be able Nobody to jump said. in because he was uh, CEO at one point. He's also a co-founder of the company. Uh, right. I, I don't think there's anything like scandalous about that, uh, although I what I don't know anything specific uh, mm. what's going on on the inside, uh, nor will we know, chances are, uh, what happened. But more likely, uh, when a CEO steps down, it's because the CEO was uh, forced out. Uh, and more often than not, again, uh, that is because uh, financially or just in in some capacity, the company's not doing well, or some decisions are not uh, are not turning out well, and uh, like board of directors or some uh, larger power does of the company does not appreciate what's going on, and they want some changes. And uh, yeah, seeing how Telltale Games has been going, uh, and guessing what sales are like for those games, uh, especially for all so many games that have come out past few years, uh, it might not be totally surprising that this is happening. Right. Yeah. It also, go ahead. Yeah. yeah it also look. may be that they have just gotten so big and I can't speak to their, their numbers and stuff, but it might be that they've gotten so big that they do want to bring in another, another body who has the kind of, CEO background that they can manage that larger workforce or um, facilitate the type of structure um, uh, that oversees a, a larger workforce. So um, that might be the case too. And they might be bringing this other guy in, in the interim. I don't know if the co-founder, what's his name? Dan Connors. Dan Connors. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing or what, but they, yeah, they haven't said, but so what, so, Okay. Um, so let's let's be hypothetical and say your argument um, is what's going on. Then why would um, why would Kevin Bruner leave? Yeah, that, uh, the I think yeah the scenario is uh, well this is again this is just as much conjecture as it is Hunter's uh, point. Right. But I, I think yeah I'm, yeah this is all yeah. this is all hypothetical. Yeah, I think what is happening yeah. is look like uh, ever Telltale Games had a great series that went out and uh, it exploded and met critical acclaim and commercially did well. Uh, and that the is walking dead. the walking dead. And uh, they went on to create a lot of other games uh, based on other licenses. And uh, they 
from what I can tell, uh, they've probably started spreading themselves pretty thin. And if you've played other Telltale games, uh, me and Kenneth just, well, Kenneth just talked about how great Tales from the Borderlands is. I agree with him. Uh, the other games, however, I was never uh, pulled in by, you know, I played the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. first episode. Uh, it had gone free at some point. And uh, also Walking Dead season two was good, but, you know, it, was, it wasn't as impactful for me as the first game. And then it kept going with a Batman game that a lot of people liked, but I started feeling like I was just playing the same game. And also the engine is just so old and like janky. And it's, it, you know, at some point you need to progress. You need to push on and do something new. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they've done that. And, uh, Maybe they're years. seeing the ramifications of that. They might be. <laughs> and so and the thing is, like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I've reviewed basically everything that, for, like, for Game Channel, I've reviewed everything that Telltale's put out in like the past three. Other Christian recently started uh, doing The Walking Dead, which is you know fine. I don't want to. I want to ever fucking play those games again. And it's like, <laughs> the, like Telltale fatigue is like a very real thing. And if they need new leadership in to come in and shake things up and shake up the way they think that company does things, they need to do that because otherwise they're not going to survive for much longer because, you know, you can only rest on the laurels of something that you did five years ago for so long. And I, again, I don't think since Tales from the Borderlands, they have done anything that has matched that caliber. And um, Batman, you know, like it was supposed to be this sort of like semi reboot for the studio because like they got, they had a new engine and it somehow was worse. Um, and it, but I think it, they did do a lot to their strength with that game because like they focused on things that were different from what everyone else was doing with Batman. Like it was nothing like anything like Arkham and Batman versus Superman had just come out and it was you know as it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna like speculate about the inner happenings of that that company, but if somebody can come in and really push that studio forward and out of its comfort zone, I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah, you, and um. Oh, go ahead, Noah. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you think that may have something to do with the content that most of the Telltale series have been about? I mean, you see things like Batman and The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us have all been these really dark and dreary stories, whereas Tales from the Borderlands, it's Borderlands. It's going to be more humorous. It's going to be more upbeat. Do you think that maybe just fit the style of what a Telltale game is better and that something like the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy game might be able to recapture some of that because Guardians of the Galaxy definitely more humorous IP, definitely more lighthearted. Do you think it might be able to? I don't know. They want to go more in that direction, or do you think it like the fatigue? Does it come from Telltale yeah. games themselves or the subject matter of Telltale games? I don't know. If the subject matter is necessarily a problem because they do like even if they do more of a dark and dreary storyline with everything they do, they do have a pretty wide range of stuff that they're covering. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm not really, like, I, I'm not huge on a lot of Marvel stuff except for X-Men, and, but Guardians of the Galaxy is probably my favorite thing from, like, the MCU era of stuff. Um, but I still feel like that's probably just going to be Tales from Borderlands again. And I, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily about the subject matter, I think it's just about people buy Telltale games knowing exactly what they're getting. There's not a whole lot of, um, this sounds a little bit mean-spirited, but like, there's not a lot of vision to that studio and anything that they do, really. Um, not since like they, a few year, past few years, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah. Like, like, I would say even since, like, ever since After the Walking Dead, even though I think that Tales from the Borderlands is an outlier, um, I think, like, even everything that came out before and after it has just been you know, this flatlined mm-hmm. uh, sort of mindset. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that a different subject matter is going to help them. I think they just need to revamp like, the way they revamp everything. Yeah, like it's there's a sort of assembly line quality Cookie to tell games kind of now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is. It, I completely agree with Kenneth. Uh, you know, the Tales from Borderlands is an anomaly in uh, what is otherwise kind of a, a maybe a flatlining or just a uh, slope. Uh, down from the quality or just the uh, just the not even the quality just like how impactful that first game was you know Walking Dead was something new and for a lot of people I didn't play The Wolf Among Us when it was coming out that came first but uh, The Walking Dead was something uh, new to me and to a lot of people uh, it was taken from an IP that was very popular at the moment but it was telling a totally different story and it was in a way that not a lot of games were doing any more point and click adventures with heavy emphasis on narrative and on na variations in narrative and that was very exciting and then everything after that has been very similar it doesn't matter how many different types of licenses or how popular it can be uh, you know a Batman uh, it doesn't matter if you're producing the same type of product over and over and it's having it'll especially if it has the same issues and a lot of them did have the same issues uh even if gotcha. uh, you can come out with a new engine it still looks very similar in art style and it's still the same type of game you need to shake things up and like you know other telltale uh creative people have left telltale to go on do new things like oxen free or campo santo uh someone from campo santo and those have a lot of the same things but it's a far evolution uh of what telltale was doing when it comes to dialogue so, trees and stuff and those games are phenomenal and nothing from telltale has matched the quality of say firewatch and oxen free like those games were a couple of my favorite games from last year and good stuff. uh yeah and it's doesn't even come close uh, so basically, you're games. you're you guys are saying, and I I'm not arguing this because, like I said, I haven't played any Telltale games yet. But um, what I'm hearing is there's there's a lot of stagnation, not enough innovation, not enough mm. creativity and originality, and too much sameness. I guess even mm -hmm. though the stories and the content changes, that it, you guys are basically saying like it hasn't changed a whole lot in five years, and it's yep. time <laughs> it's time to make it fresh again. Mm. Mm. Right. And that's so that's kind of your maybe your loose hypothesis as to why this shakeup is going on or that maybe it's related. Maybe. We'll just say that it this happened and it's giving us a chance to talk about uh, how Telltale needs to change. We'll <laughs> say, I, I would say that much. Okay. Yeah, you kind right. of you're kind that of describing the answer you could have gave. You're describing the same thing I think a lot of people say about the Assassin's Creed series. Oh, Is that God. over the past? Yes. It had you know a couple good oh. entries, and then afterwards downhill, um, which is neither here nor there. But um, I think that I also think that um, Telltale they kind of they have created their own subgenre of of game. Mm. Nobody else does what Telltale does. You have like adventure games, which are kind of maybe akin, mm. I'd, but it's a very heavy burden to bear. I think to um, have them shake up completely um, enough that, that people feel um, satisfied. Their games feel new and innovative without taking away what it is that makes them unique. Um, right. If that makes the same that kind makes of sense. The same kind of uh, 
risk that you run into whenever you're doing a sequel, right? Because you want to you want to capture all the magic and the originality and the amazingness of the first one, but you want to build on it and make it better yeah. without fucking up people's memories and impressions of the first one. So, is yeah, that kind of what you're arguing? Yeah, certainly. Um, and, I, and I had another thought too. Is um, to to some somebody made a comment. It made me think of TV, where where there's a uh, a lot of issues that are typical in TV world with serialization, and they follow a really rigid formula and a uh, villain of the week. Um, if you watch shows that have villains of the week, um, like you know your cop shows and and whatnot. Um, even I think if you look at your medical dramas, they all like have the same thing. Patient comes in. The villain in, of the week per- is the illness. Yeah, procedural of the- television. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, so so I think this the same thing is applying here. I I don't mind um, Telltale games being what they are. Um, personally, I I haven't played all of them. I, I've played a, a number of them. Um, I, I think that uh, if they changed it up too much, it wouldn't be like a, a Telltale game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I, that I would disagree with. Uh, a Telltale game is something that comes from Telltale and is something that they believe in as a vision. And, mm. uh, you know, if they just keep producing the same product, it's you, you made the point of, uh, you know, like you, well, you likened them to Assassin's Creed games, right? To Ubisoft and uh, say any other annualized franchise uh, and a, you know, publication that supports that, a uh, developer that supports that. And what you see from there is a lot of stagnation because they uh, don't have time, regardless of the fact that you have other uh, multiple development teams working on it. Telltale doesn't, by the way, uh, but you have small teams within the same developer working on different titles. Uh, and if even if you have multiple teams working on different games and pumping them out yearly, uh, that doesn't allow for time to... Uh, create and to innovate and to learn from what you've made because it's on to the next thing on to the next thing and it's you have to kind of keep pumping out the same thing because that is what your uh good what your design what your design is predicated on right your your system of churning out the same game every year for some franchises that works you know for sport franchises that seems to work fine and i'm sure it'll work fine for a number of years until Mm. someone decides we're going to do a subscription thing where it's like a platform Mm. or something which everyone talks about uh i think for someone like telltale it just doesn't work because uh look it you don't have to uh typecast yourself and put yourself in a little uh, box and say this is what we do and now this is what we're good at like you're allowed to move on you know that's why people left telltale and went to do great things like these two games i kept re- referring to so I'm, yeah i i think kenneth, i kenneth, think that, oh i'm sorry yeah, Noah. Kenneth, i'm sorry kenneth, I'll, 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 kenneth, no, kenneth, no, no, I'll let you go i'm sorry <laughs> uh, i think i think i definitely agree with that stagnation point but like um I, and it may also just depend on like on the company and I guess just the kind of thing they're repeating because I mean we can look at the most egregious example that there is with the Pokemon franchise. It's literally the exact same game every single time, but it still sells boatloads. And I mean up until recently, although I I know recently with with Sun and Moon they really did actually shake up the formula. Maybe it is just that decay they did decide to innovate, but why with a company like Nintendo did it work for twenty years, whereas opposed for Telltale, it's only going to work for five. Well, because like, they 
don't go away. Like that's that was the point I was gonna make earlier. Like there's never like not in the past five years has there been a point where Telltale hasn't been in the process of releasing something. Like right now, The Walking Dead season three is ongoing, and um, there's supposed to be a Marvel thing. Yep. Oh, the yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I completely forgot about it for a second. Um, <laughs> like they don't ha- like Pokemon has at least like a couple years gap between its same thing every time where telltale hasn't like has not stopped in five years and so i don't i don't know if like the company has structured itself in a way where it relies on that constant Mm. flow of income because like again they've been doing it for so long you assume that the way that their financials are set up internally relies on them always constantly having something new out um Mm. or like in the process of coming out so i mean i don't know if there's a way to fix it without like really painful decisions being made but yeah i don't like it sounds like it sounds like they are about to have to make some of those decisions soon yeah well it will suck for all the people involved it might help the the studio as a whole yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. something worth considering like you know you see the companies that do go away and create great products like say rockstar you know goes away for five years and makes a great video game or uh you know uh like say right now nintendo's got a pretty sweet zelda out right now and uh that is uh the first zelda in several years what say like mm. four or five years first, i forget when first first new since skyward sword in 2011 so 2011 six, six years so yeah this is uh you see a pattern you know you see a huge innovation and very often a lot of, like oh, no, oh, no, a no, receptive sorry, audience words. when people okay okay so when a very receptive audience when you come up with something new and something polished and then uh, you like, and they go away for a while, and they create and um, condition this game to be something new and special, and uh, make sure it works, you know. But it doesn't always have to be. Well, here's the thing. I again, there are financial issues, right? Do you, can you afford to go away for three to five years, right? Uh, like Inside is another one. Inside is an obscenely polished game. And uh, I don't know, they probably could afford to go away and do it because Limbo, from what I gathered, was a success. So it's all predicated on success, right? But sometimes, you know, I I assume Walking Dead was a success. So maybe they made a move to like, they're just going to cover a bunch of licenses so that uh, we make a great, uh, we have a great catalog and we get a lot of different people from audience, different audiences, and we keep ourselves afloat. And maybe that didn't work. So, uh, again, conjecture. So who knows? Yeah. See, I I really feel like the different licenses that they've they've done have all been so they've made the experience for me personally different enough that I didn't feel fatigued. Mm-hmm. And and still, I can't get the type of experience I get in those games anywhere else so i will you play coming... firewatch and oxen free i'm oh, sorry i'll stop I, or like i will i will keep coming... game? well no a game in which um uh, quantic dream is a good example um but there are very few like that a game or life is strange where your decision okay we're... your decisions <laughs> have your decisions have far-reaching um impact later on in the sure. game or in in the episodes um so i I will keep coming back to, you know, Telltale games because no one else does it like they do. But Well, you won't if they're not around, Hunter. You won't keep coming back to them if they go away. That's the thing. That that is true. Um, That being said, though, you guys bring up a a good point as well, um, which is that if they 
did decide to go away, that would give them the time to really um, come up, maybe come up with an evolution of mm-hmm. of what they are offering us. Maybe you still have those games that are choice based and decision based, but they look like it's like the next step. So yeah, those like that's why I keep saying those next steps already exist in the number of games you've just mentioned, right? I mentioned I keep saying it over and over the two games, and then you mentioned Life is Strange, and uh, sorry you mentioned another game I forget, uh, but you but yeah, just a, a bunch of games out there that have taken the next step that have to for some people uh, exceeded the um, uh, you know just the quali- level of quality that to. T- telltale delivered uh and you know for me and maybe for kenneth it seems and for a bunch of people out there uh the telltale format has gotten really stale and regardless of what uh you know i just i didn't jump on to batman because like i couldn't be bothered uh i just i want something new and i've gotten something new with other uh companies other developers i'd love to see something new from them so that's, all right that's me yeah so Let's move on from Telltale, shall we, everyone? Yeah. All right, so we're going to move to our final news story of the day, uh, which brings us to, well, really, like a game and a topic that has been... um, has been a major topic of conversation for quite a while now. Mass Effect Andromeda. Da, da, and da. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we should have had a drum roll for that or something mm-hmm. or like some sort of special something or other for that. But um, so today we're just going to talk about what the Internet seems to do best or maybe worst in this case. And uh, that would be harassment. So yeah, yeah. it's it's no secret that Mass Effect Andromeda has gotten a whole lot of flack for awkward animations, bad animations, however you want to, whatever you want to assign to it, whatever blame you want to assign to it. But um, a whole bunch of, well, assholes, frankly, uh, got together and decided to pick on one lady that was pick supposedly... It's, like, it's an understatement. They, they harassed pick her. Pick on. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Harassed. Badly harassed. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to... I've, I had her name here. Just a second. I just lost it. It's uh, uh, Ali Rose Marie Leost. I couldn't possibly pronounce that last name right, but... Uh, there you yeah. go. Thank you. Yeah. So she's worked for EA, and she was accused of being, for whatever reason, the one and only animator who was responsible for all of the issues with the animations in mass effect and um she actually i mean i believe she had absolutely nothing to do with it for one thing and so okay so two, what uh Al- even if Ali she was Rose- involved in it the response yeah. is absolutely ridiculous inappropriate mm-hmm. Um, right under no circumstance should you be and, officiously harassed right. on the internet this kind of for shit just shouldn't happen like period it doesn't matter what the hell she did this shit is absolutely unacceptable so go ahead joe sorry okay so uh this person was uh in uh she was in the uh she worked for ea in a motion uh, i had notes but she was in a motion labs uh i think in the ea studio in vancouver uh, I, I'm, I'm working off of memory. I might be misremembering these things, but uh, basically she worked uh, for EA, not for Bioware. 
and in a motion right. lab studio. Uh, so motion capture, uh, not director of animation necessarily for Bioware. Uh, and uh, I think what happened was, and again, mis- could be misremembering, but that she was, uh, she was credited being a lead animator uh, for the site for uh, Bioware, or just she was in the credits, and they just landed on her. And so she was the target and uh, the dumpster bin for a ton of vicious and um, venomous attacks, essentially, you know, social attacks via social media, Twitter, what have you. And uh, which is just never okay. And, you know, there's not too much to talk about except that she uh, was harassed for a video game that wasn't released yet that was getting some uh, criticism from people previewing the game and reviewing the game that animations were a little weird and then GIFs went out about it and showing weird facial animations and uh, so everyone's reaction is to get really hyped up with anger and focus it on someone and be general pieces of shit you know i i try to restrain but i mean you're a piece of shit if you just find someone to hate uh actively and uh send messages someone's way for working with a company and a delivering a product that you've wanted for a long time and in some way they failed to deliver and that like this is regardless of who this person was and where, like, what department she was in, regardless of how removed or how involved she was in the project, this is under no circumstances okay, and it's something that's par for the course in this uh, following and in this industry and in this culture specifically. And it's so just, it's just, just uh, more and more disheartening. I, I just want to clarify here. Hold on, Joe. Hold on. I just want to clarify <laughs> on what I Ooh. said earlier. Um, so the harassment. This is now. This is according to uh, Kotaku, but. Um, the harassment appears to have primarily come from a blog post on a site that I've never heard of called Ralph Retort, which uh, is tied to Gamergate. And they somehow I said it. Yeah, they they somehow oh, said man. that she is the lead facial animator on Andromeda. And just as Joe said, that's not correct. And uh, Bioware has, in fact, confirmed that 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 is not correct. She uh, did indeed work for EA, but at a motion capture lab uh, in Vancouver, I believe. She had absolutely nothing to do with animations in this game, like, at all. So, not only is this response completely inappropriate under any circumstances whatsoever, but she's completely innocent in this whole thing anyway. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Yeah, and I'll add... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'll add to that, too. Um, I think that in the games industry, a lot of work is collaborative, too. So it also doesn't make sense to target one specific individual because right. you can't tell right. me she right. was at the motion capture studio directing them. And then she was in the editing room and she she was also the software technician and also the person responsible for level placement. Like that's not how it works when you create a video game. So I don't even understand the logic of targeting one specific person. And additionally on another topic, what does that even achieve? See, I I think, I think you don't understand the logic because there's not logic there to be understood. No, no, irrational. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And it's a sad, it really is a sad, um, a, a really sad sort of, I don't know, dark underbelly and really embarrassing part 
of uh, the internet and gamer culture in general that this kind of shit happens somewhat regularly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and it's never okay, and it's never warranted. And, uh, like, I don't even... I mean, I've never met people that do this shit, but they're clearly out there. And, yeah. Um, it's, it can't be the same three people. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's awful. And, like, I don't know... I mean, I'm reading some of these some of these screenshots and they're absolutely ridiculous oh, and I tweets, feel horrible. Yeah. Sorry. The screenshots yeah. of the tweets. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're horrible. I feel terrible for this lady. I yeah. like, I don't know what the hell that feels like to just be blown up for nothing with all this inappropriate, ridiculous shit over something you had absolutely nothing to do with. Yep. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, sh- regardless of what, like, again, regardless of involvement to receive, tweets like that to receive any form of messages directed at you like that it must be terrifying and it's absolutely uncalled for unprecedented i'm sorry i keep you know like uh lambasting this and belaboring this but like it's just uh it it gets me angry now at this point because uh, i love this industry i love this culture Uh, i think there are great people at work doing all this stuff and i criticize games you know i i i try to be a critic and I report on it. And uh, I think it's important to voice your opinions on things and voice your displeasures with things when you feel you've been sold a, yeah. an, a subpar product or when you feel that uh, lazy things are happening. But this is just not that. This is literally just yeah. misguided uh, chumps that just, I don't know, like decide just, just decide to get together and direct their and project their anger and their their self-loathing hatred just towards someone else and it just happens at least yearly every now you know you hear about a game it's this pre-order issue of like you know we, we're, we're buying a new game and stuff and then uh, uh they decide that because they've pre-ordered this game they have every right to uh you know they're an authority f- on this push game their vitriol yeah like it's it's infuriating, and uh, I don't know how how to combat it except just rage about it on a podcast. I guess I yeah. could, I couldn't tell you how else to, to to do it except I guess maybe not even talk about it, just don't disregard it. But at the same time, you know it's happening and it's hard to ignore. Moral of the story: Don't be a chump. Don't be a chump. Yeah, yeah. just like if you don't have something that is constructive to say and something that's going to make someone feel like shit, you know, a direct attack to someone. Don't even put it out there. Right. Like, why would you even do it? Yeah, no. Especially, like, to follow Hunter's point, you know, we don't even know whose fault the animations are. And even if they were, this wouldn't be appropriate. But, like, it could be, um, it could just be EA for pushing the game out before it was ready. Could be a programmer for not implementing uh, finished animations. It could be anyone. Yeah, I, can, pointing, I can't believe the idea of I think at, the, at the end of the day I don't think it's even it is highly unlikely like less than 2% likeliness that it was one person who was at fault yeah. in this yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, fault, it's so Just crazy blame one person is insane exactly it's a crazy exactly. to say, like you say fault, you know, I'm not saying like your word, but like just that is what everyone's like all these people are uh, trying to find. They're trying to find fault and someone to blame. And just it's insane to me to think like if I see something in the game out, like, like, say, you know, some faulty animation or something, I just go, who did this? Who, yeah. who is responsible right, yeah. for this? It, let me it, let it, us cut the these fuckers down. <laughs> yeah, well, like, and then your your very next action after that, Joe, is you have to go straight to Twitter. 
right, of yeah. course. Oh, that's the God. that's the most logical thing to do right after that. Take your outrage and go straight to Twitter and <laughs> post something about getting your job because you had sex with someone to earn your job, which apparently also happened, by the way, on this website. They Awful. they accused yeah. this lady of only getting her job because she slept with the right person. Um so like I don't need it's it's just it's embarrassing. Uh like like you said, Joe, I love this industry. But when stuff like this happens, it's genuinely embarrassing and it's heartbreaking and it's sad and it's wrong and it's disgusting. And, and I think it's particularly bad because uh, my impression is that that gamer culture is is generally inclusive and progressive and uh, and seeks to, you know, uh, seeks to bring in more diversity and it thrives on diversity and um and shit like this just flies in the face of that yeah and so it's sad it's sad to see that uh, especially uh, yeah, with a game it, like mass effect gaming mm. gaming culture can be uh inclusive and um you know welcoming and tolerant mm. uh and i think the media often most of the time from what i read from the outlets i i, I associate with and that i read and that i've uh you know worked on uh generally the media does a good job of uh, emphasizing that and highlighting those positive things um, and, uh, you know, holding those in high regard. Uh, unfortunately, though, I think that it is... I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't say to degree which, if it's more bad or more good, but I just, I think it, it's... I think there's a lot of um, awful stuff out there and awful people out there. And they just they have a voice just like everyone else. So it's I think important that we keep that in mind and always emphasize, as I like to believe we've been doing, the good and the inclusive and the tolerant uh, in this in, in this culture and especially in this industry. You know the creators who are giving us all this in the first place. So you know no, no right. one no one should be afraid to pick up a controller and play a game. That's yeah. how I feel about it. No one should feel like. They might be ostracized or something just because they want to well, enjoy a piece of media. And speaking of or fear, create, yeah. no poor lady should for working on should, yeah, no human exactly. should no, like, should be subject to this. Right, that's, nobody that's should fear going to work for Christ's sake. I mean, like, or fear looking at their Twitter feed. I mean, like, what the hell? Um, yeah. But all okay, right, so now now that we've uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've now that we've told the internet. Our, yeah, voice not our, to be our, assholes. Right. Um, let's actually talk about Mass Effect the game a little bit here. So, um, dun, dun, dun. Ken, you've been playing Mass Effect. I don't think anybody else has here, right? Christian, have you have oh, you been playing Hunter's it? Been playing a little. Uh, no, I we we talked about this last week as well. I played uh, the multiplayer at okay. PAX. That's but, right. Uh, that that yeah. was it. And Hunter, you've played a little bit. So yeah. Um, then why don't you, why don't you guys talk about that for a bit, and then we'll uh, then we'll just go into what everybody else is playing this week. Ken, why don't you start us off? Well, real quick, Hunter, how far are you? Uh, I'm like ten That's hours in, point, a little good over point. that. The, yeah, <laughs> no spoilers, because I think you finished it, right? I just finished it. I finished it this morning. Yeah. All right, Ken. But I'm what, what is far your enough in to get like the perspective. So, what, what is your judgment on the game? <sighs> and try um, to just just let me. Sorry. Put it in the context of all the because everybody whether whether I agree with it or not, this animation stuff is all over the place. So, um, give me your give me your like. Do you feel that it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be? And no, also, 
does it uh, has it affected your ability to enjoy the game? No, I don't think it's as bad as it, like I think the main reason that the animations have become such as this it's just that's that's the internet like right. you know one gif can get retweeted thousands yeah, it was of times. Amplified. Everyone yeah. thinks that's what the right. game is. Like I mean, no, Andromeda was is not a technical masterpiece. I would say it is probably. It's slightly jankier than Inquisition, but not as janky as like the first Mass Effect. So it's kind of like somewhere in there. Um, okay. But again, this is this is a Bioware game, so it's not like I'm expecting like technical finesse from them. Um, not that I not that I want to give the developer a pass, but it's just like it's not what I go in. I don't go in expecting Naughty Dog levels sure, of production sure. value here. Um, as for the game itself, I have like I have a very complicated view of it, and normally when I say that, it leans towards more towards the negative, but I think I, I, I think I've, I think the game is actually good, but not great. I think it's um, and I think it, how you perceive it will depend on a lot what you're looking for out of a new Mass Effect game. If you were, I will tell you straight up now after finishing it, if you were looking for like the beginning of a new trilogy epic, you're not gonna get it here. Um, okay, it's like it is absolutely at its core a side story um it doesn't introduce a ton of new concepts in terms of like the lore i mean they are in a new galaxy now so there's obviously like new species and some aren't new things to figure out but like it is completely detached from the Milky way and the reapers and everything like that um so that's the thing that, that's the thing i feel like if mass effect and drama had come out like maybe in like in the midst of the trilogy like if not necessarily the game, but just like if anything, like if that story and that uh, those characters had come in, it would have made a good um, complementary thing. I think. Right. If this um, wasn't the next Mass Effect, right. it would be mm-hmm. just fine. Which is well, why. They, what, 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 well, I have, I have a question for you. Yeah. What's that? After your no, you finish finish your thought, but I have a question for you after that. Um, if, which is why I think it's good. That it's not Mass Effect Four because it is not like again, it's not about those characters, and also it's just like. It is so detached from everything. It's and one of the complicated things is I don't know that anyone who hasn't played the original trilogy is going to actually get anything out of it because it's like it's this standalone thing in a world that is not really as fleshed out and described like and just because like anyone who's played the original trilogy knows that like there are just books of lore and world building name. It's just not here in Andromeda. It's it's a pretty straightforward story. It's not. Um... Yeah, if I can chime in to that point, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, they only introduced like two new alien species, correct? Yeah. Two. Yeah. Um, whereas when you had the original Mass Effect trilogy, you had all these different species you're learning about for the very first time and discovering them, exploring their their home worlds. Eventually, um, that was part of the 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 fun, and it it, it is kind of absent here. I've noticed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, a, that was exactly my question. That was exactly my oh. question. Um, <laughs> if if, uh, if me uh, coming into this not knowing anything about the Mass Effect series, I've never played any of the games, and that's because I uh, I've I've only owned Nintendo systems until 2011 when I got oh, an man. Xbox to play Skyrim. That's the only reason. That's the only reason I even got choice. an Xbox. Was yeah. Good reason. Yeah. Um, and that kind of opened me up to to other games at that point. But so I missed out on a lot of stuff. And if I were to go into Andromeda, would I be able to enjoy it 
as its own thing, or would I have need to needed to have played the trilogy first, and like would that have affected my enjoyment? Like, would I enjoy it more because I don't see that absence of lore? No, I think you. And this, and we'll get more into this in a minute. Like, I think Andromeda, like one of Andromeda's issues, is just how like weirdly standalone it is to the point where it doesn't explain a lot of things. Like, you're not getting like the rundown of what an Asari is and what their like what their lifespans are, what they do in reproduction and all the other important stuff about them. So, like, I have um, no idea so what's going. So it's dependent on the original Mass Effect series in a way, like like, the, like you knowing the not lore. intentionally. I think like if you like this isn't a, something like I'm trying to think of a good example. I'm looking at my shelf looking for a game that is relevant to this. It's not Danganronpa because everyone gets pissed off when I talk about that. Um, <laughs> I just I'm gonna flip this fucking desk if you bring up Danganronpa. Like Metal oh, Gear Solid, I guess is a, is a decent one. Like Metal Gear sure. Solid is yeah. like yeah. written. <laughs> with the intent of you understanding who people are and what's going on. Where I think Andromeda is just sort of like, almost assumes knowledge to the point where a lot yeah. of stuff would not feel fleshed out in, like, in its... Like, as a standalone game, Andromeda does not do much to flesh out that universe. So, um, would I'll, you say it's it's accurate... Um, it's a, it's an accurate summation to be to say something like uh, it, it either it either assumes you've got the knowledge from one two and three of the previous the lore and the races and stuff like that, or it assumes that you don't care enough to find out about it and can safely move on. Like in I guess in Noah's case, he doesn't know any of that stuff, so it kind of assumes that you don't really want to know about it and you can just play the game without finding out about it. In a sense, I would say that it doesn't really like it. Kind of doesn't seem to care because again, like a lot of these things don't necessarily come up. But as a result, standalone, I think Andromeda would probably come off somewhat sterile to people. Mm. Just um, like not anything like, special. There, yeah, like it. It would just like the meat of what's there is in the things that you already know. Like I don't need to ask PB about the culture of the Asari because I already know that. I don't need to ask. Mm. Um, you know, like that—that's the thing. Like the only the only character you get that kind of stuff with is Jal, the new like who's that this new race, um, like where you actually get to talk about like what is your species like, what is your culture, what is your biology, what is all this, um, and so it, it's it's weird because like I don't want to knock Andromeda as like this shallow story because like I think on its own like there's a lot of stuff that's really fascinating about it like, um. Like, for those that don't know, it's about, like, all the species going into the Andromeda galaxy to basically find a new home. Um, and, like, that's a fascinating concept, and especially when you, like, talk to people about, like, um, like why did you leave your life in the Milky Way behind? You get a lot of profound stuff. Like, you get, like, like at first I wasn't really feeling a lot of these characters, but, like, as it went on, they, like, ascended towards the highest heights of anything that Bioware's ever written, in my opinion. Um, so, like, I don't want to call... Andromeda shallow. I just think it doesn't necessarily spotlight some of the best things about Mass Effect, um, sure. which is why I think it's like if it had been this si- this definitive side story when the trilogy came out, it might have gotten less c- criticism for its uh, like straightforward light story. I guess. Um, that being yeah, it, said, it, I'm, like I, I'm going to talk about this game for a while. I'm sorry, guys. I've been holding it in for days. Um, <laughs> That being said, the and we can Hunter, if you have more to say on that front, we can go back. 
Or do you have something to say on that front before I move on to basically like the mechanics of it? Um, I had a, I had a lot to say on different fronts, so just keep going, and I'll chime in as it comes. Okay, okay. Um, my main concern with Andromeda is, and this is going to sound harsh, it is the first time a Bioware game to me has felt like product, um, because it is like the homogenization of that studio, like. It is basically Mass Effect Inquisition. It is repurposing a lot of the same concepts of Inquisition to a point where there are. It is sort of like a telltale thing. Like it's, it feels like, like a, lot a of paint same by concepts. numbers sort of thing. Yeah, like and um, like a checklist like, for, almost. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I think Andromeda pulls off a lot of the stuff better than Inquisition does, just because like it, it has like these open worlds, but it gives you easier means to navigate them than Inquisition ever did. Like because you've got the the nomad and you've got um like a jetpack or hunter what class are you playing what class am i playing yeah Ugh, i don't remember <laughs> you, well, okay. 10 hours in if you're a biotic well, the class what powers the class are you is, using yeah i'm using biotic powers the class okay. is something that you pick right at the beginning but yeah. you can kind of customize your character really freely throughout so it doesn't yeah. even even really matter what class you yeah, are. Not so. the same way that it did in the other games, but um, right, yeah. Like if like if you're playing as a biotic character, you can get Still around it. using your biotics, yeah, and if you're not, then you can have, have a jetpack. Um, it's like it's easier to get around, so it's, I don't. It doesn't feel like a lot of that shit is busy work. Like in the same way, like it's it's weird looking back on Inquisition because I feel like I played it in a certain way that ma- made it kind of age better for me. Where a lot of people think that like the fetch quests and just these big somewhat lifeless worlds were a real um, detractor from it where I played it more just focusing on the story so I remember it more fondly where it's like it feels like a lot of things have been molded to fit that and what's weird to me is like Inquisition at the time like when it first launched was a very um, very highly praised game um, Game of the Year 2014 plug 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 Um, but as time has gone on there's been I mean I I don't want to be like Totally dismissive and call revisionist history, but like there's been a like gradual backlash. So I would have thought that Bioware would have looked at that and been like, hey, maybe we don't need to incorporate a lot of this stuff into Mass Effect. And it again, like I think Andromeda executes a lot of that stuff better, but it it worries me to see Bioware one making games that are very similar to to each other, and two, and this is like probably what my most complicated thing is. I it feels like Bioware is going to get into the habit of just being the Dragon Age and Mass Effect studio, like, and that's it. And Andromeda ends like I mean, no spoilers, but like Andromeda ends in a place where like I'm, I'm willing to see Ryder and these characters again. Um, but then I also think that means that Bioware is probably just going to make another game like this, and they're not like that. That studio is so talented when it comes to world building and character writing, and to just think that we're kind of making them just, you know, stay in your lane here, like these two lanes, is kind of, like, disheartening to me. Um, so, yeah, like... The can, can I jump in game, with... Yeah, by all means. Okay, okay I'm going to jump in really quickly with just some of my my thoughts about Andromeda. Um, so, going way back to facial animations. Um, yeah, I yes, want to hear about do, this. Yes, they do detract from the experience for me. Um, because there are parts of Andromeda that look so good and running around the environment and driving your nomad around 
these deserts and stuff. It, it's a lot of fun. It looks really pretty. So when you have that in contrast to these facial animations, it looks really bad. I mean, like I, it looks like their foreheads got Botox. Like they don't move. They're paralyzed. <laughs> and sometimes their eyes seem to move like independently of, of the rest of their face. And they're unusually white. Um, I hate to break it to you, Hunter, but normally eyes do move independently of the rest well, of your face. But It's that uncanny valley. There's just something there that is a little awkward. And this is why it is a big problem for me, because Mass Effect is all about you know exploration and, and combat, but also the relationships right. that you build with other characters. Mm -hmm. And they have more, they've been very vocal about it. They have more lines of dialogue in this game than in any of their other Mass Effect games. Um, in fact, I think it's like double the amount of one of the games or something like that. But you would think they know they're gonna you're gonna be spending a lot of face time with these characters. Let's invest in their faces. But instead, everything else looks really pretty, but the faces are really gross. So <laughs> yeah, I, di I didn't like that. I do feel like overall, in general, the game was pushed out too early. There's mm -hmm. just presentation errors galore i get stuck in in rocks and between benches and textures don't pop in sometimes my character scruff doesn't pop in until halfway through a conversation so yeah. the I, i've been watching i saw a particularly egregious example where he wasn't wearing a helmet and then he was and the rest of the team isn't wearing a helmet but they're speaking to each other through the intercoms on their helmets like it was just it was just incredibly egregious the way things loaded and didn't load in that cutscene mm. that I had seen, that was that was absurd to me. <laughs> I just love the picture of like him suddenly growing facial hair just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. Like all of a sudden, poof, there it is. Just, just I wish I could do that. Like shave, yeah, and then the next day, face. just whoop, you got a beard. It, it sounded to me. It sounded to me like Mass Effect is suffering from uh, one just being. I, it's hard to say half baked because the game was delayed already once, and I, saying half baked sounds kind of disparaging. Like, oh, it's only half done, but I mean, no, it sounds it's like it's not wasn't quite finished, <laughs> uh, wasn't quite ready for uh, shipment, and at the same time, being surrounded and being associated with really great games. So it was just, it's associated directly with mm. one of the greatest trilogies of any medium of all yeah. time. And from what I've heard, you know, all I hear is that it's the best. And then there's this whole caveat of the Mass Effect 3 ending. But some people mm -hmm. don't feel it's that bad. And Mass Effect, in general, everyone says it's fantastic. I love 2. Mm -hmm. 2 is great. Never played the others. But again, I hear it's the best trilogy of all time of anything. And so it's associated directly with that. And this is the follow-up instead of some side story like uh, Kenneth is suggesting it, it could function as. And then it's also being compared with... Uh, other games just in this generation, uh, especially with facial animations, which are, again, half-baked, but also, you know, we have great uh, facial capture animations, like from uh, Crystal Dynamics, and then you have ex excellent designers from uh, people like uh, CD Projekt Red or Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog is, like, just the best facial animator of all time uh, from from the beginning. Uh, from, from as far back as, like, Crash Bandicoot, you know, they, they and now they're fantastic. And uh, now... Uh, we have a plethora of great games coming out this first quarter of the year, and yeah. uh, Mass Effect is uh, coming out after freaking Neo came out, which uh, Neo, you know, but like let's say Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn, which are gigantic, uh, super hit, super hit 
triple a games yeah there's very an popular very now. uh very commercial uh you know they're open world games and that's everything and so it's mass effect to some degree i don't actually know uh mass effect andromeda and uh i think that in 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 a sense it is suffering from being surrounded by greatness and being associated with greatness but on its own like some people are saying including Kenneth, that it it would be serviceable um yeah, I, I think there is just like this expectation there of of what we should get with and that's fair right? character yeah. animations now. But yeah. um, and I'm I'm willing to be lenient. I'm I'm I would give them a pass. But there are games on 360 that look better with with their character models that or just the faces. It's just the faces <laughs> than this on on current gen technology. That's for me, that's unforgivable. So, I, I do want to disclaim, though. I know. I do want to disclaim that if you can put that aside, which I try to do while I'm playing, it's a really good game. It, it really is. Um, and it improves upon a lot of the mechanics that were introduced in the original trilogy. Combat has never been more fun. They have a jetpack now. Um, I've which heard means that, yeah. Originally in Mass Effect trilogy, um, you're locked to the ground. You don't get to, like, jump up and... and, and now there's more freedom of mobility, which is cool. Oh, did so. it did it add more verticality, Hunter? Is that it what it did? did? It oh did man, ver- love that verticality, Hunter. Yeah, is that a joke that I missed. I don't know where that joke came from. <laughs> I, I just verticality is just such an uh, hilariously overused yeah. word. In our, it is. Like we can't figure out another word than verticality. It's, it's, it's literally overused. I am guilty literally. of yeah, overused. Yeah. What, what do you, oh, what do you it works. It works. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, you can't yeah. really get rid of it. <laughs> so would so you, I hate would it. Would you say that lifting your mask had a great effect on the gameplay? Wow. Oh, my God. This is the episode of puns uh, tonight. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> Mine wasn't a pun. <laughs> I just don't like verticality. I hate the word now. All right. Oof. All right. So, Joe, what have you been playing this week, buddy? Well, before well before I jump in, oh, you still uh, want? The, okay, I just want to hear. I want to hear Kenneth. Well, Kenneth is uh, has played the full game, so I want to hear like maybe some closing thoughts from Kenneth on uh, the point. game's placement right now in like the video game ecosystem or like in general, and then just as a game how he feels about it. so kenneth closing thoughts closing thoughts um i like this game i i think it's gonna be like i, th- I think it has in a like a perfect storm just landed at the wrong time yep. where if it had come out maybe six six months later mm. had some more polish it would have like not been this sort of um like just unfinished magnet for this awful internet yeah, Mag is a vitriol for sure. Yeah, um, that's definitely it. Granted, I think a lot of that also just comes from the territory of Bioware because they are the targets of a lot of shit. But, yeah, um, yeah, there there is something to be said about that though. You know, like you use the name Bioware. Like from what I can gather, uh, the one of the lead guys, uh, I, I, for, I name is. Uh, lost on me, but one of the main designers who's been with Mass Effect since one, two, and three is not on this. Also, mm-hmm. this is generally a new team on this game. Like Bioware means something different now. Like Bioware Montreal or uh, uh, something I forget is on this game. Like it's generally comprised of that team. Like it's a different Bioware now. So you, you mean when it, you, you mean sell to a tell game, me it's on, not just one person's fault that this is all messed for, up. Well, well, no, not what I'm Ooh, saying. What Bioware I'm saying is that person. what I'm referring to is the fact that they use the name Bioware. Bioware comes with a certain expectation. Like Hunter said, you know, there's like 
expectations, and that's totally fair to have, especially if it's uh, associated with a name like a development team. Like you expect something when you hear Bioware, but now it might mean something different, and that's why you get this result. You know, you have the expectation of this being the next Mass Effect. This is the thing continuing the franchise after a very, uh, a, a very uh, not abrupt, sorry, a very conclusive ending. Uh, to yeah. a trilogy this is like the next thing instead of some being some side story this is bioware instead of it being bioware uh new bioware team with some creative leads that were from the series you know yeah. it's just it messaging is very important and that is it's not that it's not to say that this is their fault and they deserve the harsh criticism and and disgusting venom that they they've received but like I mean, at the same time, it's important, and, and that's these are the repercussions that can happen, apparently. Sorry, Hunter. What were you going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say, actually. <sighs> I, I quit. Oh, I got terrible anyway. at this. Oh, no. Kenneth, um, did you have any more closing thoughts on it? Just my recommendation of Mass Effect and Drama really just depends on what it is that you care about with this series. If you're if you're looking for you know the best comment of the series, it's there. If you're looking for a story that, while not of the same scope and uh, stakes of the original trilogy, is still like it's a, it's a pretty profound like in moments it's very profound and it's got, uh, one of the, you, know, you know one of the best casts that Bioware has ever put out. Um, like I think that there's a lot to love in, Ma- in Mass Effect Andromeda that is going to be ignored, because. Like again, for all the reasons that we've said, the animations just being around a lot of other games of just like higher polish and production value. Um, but I, again, I, I think it's sort of like a I don't want to call it a dark horse of this year or something because I don't want to necessarily mm-hmm. say that it's going to ever like even like you know in a couple of months when people were like gotten away from the controversy if they're, they're gonna have a chance to like really um have it like regrow on them or something. I just I feel like maybe like Andromeda excels at the things that Bioware does best, even if it kind of puts a spotlight on the things that they don't. Okay. And Hunter, did you want to, you haven't finished the game, but is there anything else you wanted to add real quick? Yeah. I don't think that um, if you were interested in this game, you should dismiss it because of all the criticism, because there are a lot of mixed reviews out there and um just just accept that one the production value is low it does feel at times unfinished but also go in with the expectation that this isn't the original trilogy this this is its its own standalone mass effect or experience set in the mass effect world um and i think then you'll be able to go with a go in um with more reasonable expectations all right fair one point. last thing okay go ahead ken hunter who are you romancing Nobody yet, but I'm thinking PB. Okay. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she is cool. She's the most... It means nothing to the rest of us right now, I don't think. I have no idea who PB is. I I will find out. She's she's pretty cool. She's like Lara Croft in Mass Effect. Oh, okay. I can see. Yeah. Yeah.
why don't we just hear uh, what people are playing this week? And Noah, since this is your first podcast and you've only been with Gaming Trend for a couple weeks, why don't you start off? What are you What have you been gaming on this week? Uh, well, I um, let's see. Is, is the beginning of this week? I actually finished up uh, Breath of the Wild. I played about as much Ooh. of it as I've like, um, as I want to, I guess. There's there's sure. some st- I'm I'm not even close to 100% completion, but the stuff that I'm not close on is not important enough to me to warrant spending hours upon hours. Although I do want to I, I do want to jump back in and explore that world some more because that Zelda's Breath of the Wild is not a perfect game, but it's damn near it. Um, just because everything that it in in the fact that everything that it aims to do, it does exceptionally well. My only gripes are like the nitpicks of nitpicks. They're like, I wish the weapons broke a little less quickly. I wish that, the, and like the story is fantastic. I think it's delivered in a great way. Um, I think the voice acting is really good, especially since it's like the first real voice acting we've ever had in a Zelda game. I think it's great. Um, there are two specific parts of the of the main story that I am not keen on. That I will not divulge. Um, okay, I was well, about to say, well, spoilers, that I, spoilers. That I, that I will not say, but um, I it up yet. A, a, li- a little bit of it has left a... Uh, those two parts, like, they're not bad. They're just not the caliber of the rest of the game. But beyond that, uh, the combat is the most fun it's ever been in the series. Um, literally, the it's such it sounds like it's such a dumb thing, but the ability to climb everything in the game really does actually lend a lot to the gameplay and like no that doesn't sound verticality it's like yeah verticality verticality, here we come no Uh, i i that's not a dumb thing at all to say that's like i think that's at the one of the things at the core of this game you know that is a pillar of this game like being able to just climb everything that's one of the things that makes it so foundational you know It, it it does away with the this mountain is essentially a wall and maybe you can shimmy up it maybe you can't you know i think that's great And you can do it in a real way, unlike in something, say, Skyrim, where, yeah, you can climb that mountain. Right, you could either shimmy it up it, but, yeah. Climb that sideways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, grab a horse and you can climb any mountain. That's, All right, that's so, uh, Hunter and Ken, have you guys been playing anything else besides Mass Effect, or has it just been Mass Effect? Yeah, besides Mass Effect, um, I just got done reviewing a game called The Inner World, which is launching on the 28th. You can read my review then. At GamingTrend.com. It's a Sick plug, cute, cute little adventure game that really shouldn't play. So <laughs> read my review and you'll know why. <laughs> All right. Thanks All for the right. honesty, Hunter. All right. What about you, Ken? I played the PS4 Ford so dang and Rampa. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that dang and Rampa. Absolutely, yeah. So, Joe, have, have you been uh, you've been experiencing any more Zelda verticality this week? Only or just a little bit, what, yeah. What only just, you... yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I've been playing a lot of Zelda all, all day. Uh, well, not all day. I wish, I wish. <laughs> Climbing all, day, all them apple day. trees. Yeah, mm. man. Ah, no, you just cut those down, man. Fuck those trees. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, no, I, I am in agreement a lot with what noah has been saying uh i think though that the the nitpicks though are not nearly as um 
minor as people will make mm-hmm. out like everyone's very willing to forgive a lot of the things that are it's true. I they think, are huge problems flaws, in the game mm-hmm. they are like the specifically the weapon degradation is uh it's take it or leave it if you're a fan of it then that's fine a lot of people would call it some people would call it um rigid that it uh it limits the player that you have to switch up a lot of people like that and they like the variety of weapons and that you are forced into this position i'm totally fine with that the fact of games is you are forced into positions there are rules to games right like that's why oh you can't jump over this wall or whatever and that's fine that's fine with me uh if I wish the weapons lasted a little longer too, uh, but I think that even if they lasted a little longer, I would be saying the same thing. Uh, however, I'm in a serious deficit with uh, I'm a serious situation with shields right now. I've been going guardian hunting, but hu- fighting yeah. a lot of guardians, and I'm just fucked Ooh, when it comes to shields. Like I gotta lasers. look for shields. Yeah, those them lasers they are pretty rough. So right now I'm like hunting for shields, and there's not a lot of shields in this game. Like you get swords mm-hmm. and spears yeah. and stuff galore and you never hit shields except for like bacoblin shields so uh that's funny well uh, i, I, it's I will fine, say later though. in the game you do end up getting stronger shields like sure. more consistently but i mean i've been I, i'm pretty far well you know i i feel like i'm far in the game i've explored the thing I i've unlocked the whole map but i'm be, only halfway through the direct quest to line. divine beast completion and honestly sure might be. okay think, wow like, once you complete so, all four you start doing it getting. tonight then it's gonna okay gotcha so uh that's looking forward to that i uh i hate rain rain is just a horrific horrific stamp uh, a horrific damper on this game like everything that is great about this game rain uh stifles and puts a stopper on you just have to wait for it to end you can't climb things that's one of the main pillars of this game like i said just the freedom to do that you have to put away all your metal weapons uh you can't build a fire and like skip the rain it's just it literally puts a stop to everything that's excellent about this game it says stop doing the fun things and it's not like it's more challenging or more um intensive or more interesting it doesn't create it literally a dynamic. Says go to a village wait and come back it literally yeah it is just a stopper and it is it's i don't understand why uh you make that decision creating mm. this game you know it just so- shouldn't it shouldn't happens so much it shouldn't be raining Joe, yeah. all the fucking time you know have you been playing anything else besides zelda this week it doesn't sound like it <laughs> no am i is this sorry is that all right that i'm talking about zelda we're am I allowed to talk about zelda no no you can talk about zelda we're you know but uh we're we're, we're starting to do a full analysis of zelda here right right <laughs> no no i don't intend to be comprehensive about my zelda uh, rant right now. I just hate rain. Is all. That's all I wanted Dude, to say. We got. You know what? I think we got that message. I really think yeah. we did. Like, I, yeah. I got it. You don't like the rain. Okay. I really love that unintentional pun in there. That it really puts a damper on things. Yes, uh, that's, that was the. No, that was fully, fully. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Have I'm you been playing with... anything else this week, Joe? Played. Uh, quickly played on the Switch. Uh, what is it? Uh, Little Inferno, uh, Tomorrow Corporation, the creators of uh, World of Goo and Little Inferno and Human Resource Machine put out their three games on the Switch, and they are all ten dollars, and they I'm pretty sure are all five dollars or less on other platforms, and that's pretty interesting. Though I played the game Little Inferno first time I played it, and it's a great little game. You should play it on whatever platform of your choosing. Uh, it is twice as much on the switch than it is on say iphone or what have you so i would suggest playing it on other things but i mean i played it on the switch and it was good and you can play it in docked mode so you can use like the wii motion 
plus type uh, right. uh, controller, but it's obviously in the Joy-Con and it's motion controls. And that works pretty well. Uh, it's not worth the $5 extra that you pay to get the game. But I mean, I just wanted to play it on Switch just to try it out. I also play a bunch of other Switch games. Uh, Shovel, The new Shovel Knight game, uh, Spectre Knight's on there. That's very good. Uh, I started playing Binding of Isaac, but I just they're just distractions for me when I can't continue in Zelda. But I, I've been pretty <laughs> enveloped. I've been enveloped by uh, Breath of the Wild. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, it sounds great. It really does. Yeah. So, Christian, what about you, man? Uh, yes, I have taken a break from my uh, 100% completion wrap-up for Yakuza 0, because mm. I'm still playing. I'm still working at that. And uh, over the weekend, I powered through uh, Zero Escape, the Nonary Games, which is a, a re-release Complex of... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you brought up the one game that's not in the collection, which, oh. thankfully... Um, it's a re-release of the first two games in the series. Um, apparently, they are treating the third game the way the rest of the fan base does and just excluding it. <laughs> and uh, it, it's funny because um, it, I powered through it really easily because I played the first game six times through. So, you know, I know the, <laughs> the puzzles pretty well. Okay. But uh, it, I found that as I was playing through it, the things I liked, I liked even more. Like, I you pay attention to the foreshadowing and you can catch most of the plot twists and that's really nice. But uh, the, the things I didn't like stuck out even more. Like there's one character in the second game who just kind of irked me a little bit the first time through. And by the time I got through the second game this weekend, I was just like, I hate him. I never want to hear him speak again. Who? Uh, Zero the, the third. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Zero the third. What a weird name. Yes. Um, Zero, zero, right? Sounds like contradictory, right there. It's it's a very it's very strange because um, the villain of the first game is generally portrayed as a man with a gas mask. The villain of the third game is a man with a plague mask. The yeah. villain of the second game is a talking cartoon rabbit. Well, and makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, totally. I see the progression. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just such a bizarre like. He feels like a character that was forced in when they're like, oh, Danganronpa had a mascot character as a villain, so we're going to do that too. But um, just does not fit the game. Subjectively <laughs> inferior. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anything Objectively. else? Or is that Objectively it? terrible. Um, uh, the one thing I will say about the game is it's perfectly linear, so no verticality. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> or is it a straight vertical line? Maybe oh, no. Um, oh, no. It's mostly just straightforward. Like, Wait, how's is... the linearity? Um, I mean, it's a visual novel, but oh, okay. um, like, and it it's one with branching paths a lot of the time, which is a lot of where the replayability comes from. But uh, it, it's oh, like well, the whole way through, right? Like that's kind of the the concept, right? Like who whoever yep. dies and whoever sticks around, like yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the first game has like six endings, and the second game has uh, I think it's like. 20 or 30 something different endings wow nice most of them are just variants on like mm. rock falls everyone dies but oh man good but yeah there are like the story endings where which are like oh here you learn about this character's secret past and this is why they were a dick to you the entire time yeah <laughs> that's, that's basically the game in a nutshell <laughs> 
All right. Uh, anyway, well, I, I really like it, so I, I would definitely recommend that if you're looking for a fun puzzle game with a really good story. Where's the best way to play these games, uh, in your opinion? Because I got one of them on the Vita, but I've heard that the like the different versions are like they're dispersed yeah. across different platforms. Uh, it, what's the best place to play it? Um, you see, this is it's really hard to talk about. Um, the first game <laughs> I would say it's complicated. Best... Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> The first game, I think the best place to play it is um, is still on the DS, uh, because I like a lot of the usability, like tweaks and fixes of the um, PS4 version. Like they added a flowchart so you can jump to any point in the plot rather than play through the entire game six times like I did. Right. Yeah. And um, but and this is kind of hard to talk about going a little bit into spoiler territory. Okay. Okay. But uh, there's a there's a big plot twist at the end of the first game, and the way they do it in the first game on the DS uses the DS hardware, right? Okay. In a way that can't be used on other um, on sure, other sure. systems. It's okay. and two screens, right? Yeah, it, it requires the two screens basically, and they try and preserve that in the other versions, and they do a pretty good job of it. Like it, it does. It's not that it doesn't make sense without it. It's just there's a really neat moment where you're like, "Oh, that was so cool," and you kind of right. lose that without the second screen. Okay. But that said, um, copies of it for the DS are really hard to find. So what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So I I would suggest uh, the the PS4 version because it has voice acting as well, and the voice acting is really good. Okay. Is the voice acting on the Vita version? Uh, you can get it on the Vita version of uh, the non-Ori games, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's that's my um, five minutes of gushing about the Zero Escape series. <laughs> and with that, uh, unless you guys have anything else to say, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. I think we're gonna we're gonna head and wrap it up here. All right. Um, yeah, that's it for me. All right then. Yeah, man. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What a week. We got to play the Mass Effect. Yeah. All yeah, right. I know. I'm gonna have to. I oh, I'm still on the fence about whether I'm gonna try it or not. I was really hoping, and this is not a criticism, Ken or or Hunter, but I was really hoping that whatever you guys said tonight was gonna sway me one way or the other. And for whatever well, reason, it hasn't. I'm still firmly perched right on top of the fence, well, and I have no idea what the hell I'm gonna do. Before we but, go, then, what are your reservations? Oh shit. Um. Well, I don't know. Like, I am really invested in the story, and I was su- I was super with you until Hunter came in and said <laughs> the animations and the problems. Yeah, Hunter came in and said, everything. "Ken is wrong. He's yeah, just a yeah. chump. Don't listen like, to I, him." I know. You yeah, off no, the rails. Like, Ken, you were you were doing a great job, and I was like hopping off the fence onto your side, and then Hunter was like, "No, dude." You're wrong. Wow, You're right Mike the hell is back swayed on easily in the matter yeah, of minutes. So I like I'm. Let me make know. an important dis, uh, uh, disclaimer that might help eluc- elucidate for you. Um, I noticed in my own measly ten hours that the most important characters in the in the game seem to have better animations than the generic sims that walk around everywhere else so the the majority of important people that are important to the story or your questing for me they are passable but still mm. laughable considering the mm. 
the uh, expectations we should have going in. All right. Well, this is going to be lost on the audio version of our audio show, (laughs) but I love watching Kenneth uh, visually agree or disagree with uh, with most things that are happening in the podcast. It's my favorite game to play. I love it. Uh, And it looked like he was going to say. So that was before we go, Mike. If animation is your biggest concern, you should play this game because again, that helps. helps. They're bad, but like. There's like, and especially if there's also a game about, to be played. Yeah, mm-hmm. and especially yeah, if you exactly. care about Mass Effect and this world and this, you know, this fake civilization, um, it's worth playing. Okay, all I right. agree. I, I, oh, oh woo. Right. okay, wow, all right, right, settle no, that. Look at that. We don't even have to threaten each other and send vitriolic yeah. like <laughs> tweets to each other. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no. I was going to be up all night. <laughs> all right. And on that note, everyone, thanks for joining us tonight on uh, the Gaming Trend Reboot Podcast. As always, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Mike Pierce. Uh, you can follow me at Grumpy Gamer. That's Grumpy with two R's. You can follow my partner in crime, Mr. Joseph DeClara, at Joey Dagabonuts. That's Bag of Donuts with the D and the B swapped. And the rest of you guys, I have not memorized your... <laughs> You're, so you're going to have to Mike. go ahead and say him. So, uh, Hunter, what, since you spoke up first, why don't yes. you go ahead and, and give us your Twitter? You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hunter underscore Wolf with an E at the end of Wolf. Perfect. There you go. And we'll just go left to right. So, Noah, what about you, sir? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter whenever I deem to oh, decide. No. To what? Someone's oh, not on Twitter. I know. I know. Not even it's cool enough. Sin. I know. Uh. Well, as soon as you do get a Twitter, we're going to blow it up with, like, sexist, offensive harassment. Oh, Best thing to do. Like, just all sorts of terrible comments. Welcome to the party. It's a great yeah. time. Yeah. And, and then, then you're we'll just going to ditch it. Twitter right away. There, you're <laughs> right you're going to say that I had, like, relations with Ron to get my position here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally untrue. Oh, even, wow. He said it. Wow. He said it. Never even seen the man. Wow. Can I put that on the record? Yeah. Please no. Maybe, well, it's in. I mean, in Record it. Someone there? needs to make a horrible blog post about that. <laughs> <laughs> right on a on a very totally reputable website. Exactly. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and Ken, yours is. Uh, I know it has to do with Commander Shepard, right? It's like uh, and Shepherd and your last CDR. name. Yep. His name is Shepard. Shepard Commander. Oh, yeah, I said both. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a reference to a specific other character. <laughs> only if you pull on the podcast now. Mm. Ah. Who calls Shepard? Shepard Commander. Shepard Commander. I'm I trying to remember who, who that is. Legion. I'm sure I know who that is, but... Who does? Legion. Oh, okay. I yeah, don't right. remember that. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, he, he, can't, he doesn't understand why you call him Commander Shepard, so he just calls him Shepard Commander. Mm. Right. Christian? All right, uh, you can find Play the games me again. on... Yeah, on at Locker Kid, uh, s- spelled like it sounds, Locker Kid, and uh, it is not because I got shoved in lockers in high school. Why is it? Because you were the one shoving. Exactly. No, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was just a nickname that stuck. My friend's girlfriend couldn't remember my name, so Locker Kid. Damn, that's uh, yeah. Wow, that's belittling. All right, exactly. Then. Why don't you I give mean, us give us her Twitter handle, and we'll do some work. <laughs> 
I don't actually know <laughs> what a Twitter right, handle all is. Alright, alright. Alright, no. Yeah, so, and, and with that, you can uh, you can always get in touch with Joe and I. You can email us uh, at our podcast address, which is just podcast at gamingtrend.com. And uh, thanks for joining us. Go play some games. Have a good night. <laughs>